everyone, this is the My Modern Met Top Artist Podcast. I'm Jessica Stewart, and I'll be helping us discover what goes on inside the minds of today's top creatives. Today, we're thrilled to have sculptor Ben Young joining us all the way from New Zealand. Known for his incredible glass sculptures that mimic the waves of the ocean, his work is informed by his affinity for the water. Growing up in a beach town as an avid surfer and working as a boat builder prior to shifting to full-time art, the water has always been a part of his life. Ben's artistry sees him hand-cutting and stacking glass to form elaborate sculptures that recall his love for the ocean. At My Modern Met, we've been following his work for quite some time and have seen how it's evolved into more complex shapes and forms, as well as how he's incorporated other materials like concrete into his sculptures. I spent a fascinating half hour with Ben unpacking his artistic career, from how a trip as a teenager changed his life, to how he was able to take charge of his destiny and get a gallery interested in his work. And of course, we'll also touch on what it's like to work with such a fragile material and where he gets his inspiration. First of all, welcome Ben Young to the podcast. We're very excited to have you. You know, we've been big fans of your work over the years and featured you a lot. So we're happy to have you here to speak with us, dialed all the way in from New Zealand. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I'm really curious to dive into your work with you. As I said, we have featured your sculptures a lot over the years and our readers always love them. In thinking about your work, obviously glass is the main thing that stands out. So what inspired you to want to use glass as a medium? I know that you were particularly influenced by a family trip you had as a child in that. Yeah, that's right. We this is before before I even was dabbling in the art world. It was I think I was, was like thirteen or something like that. A whole family, mum and dad, thought it would be a good idea to pack up four kids and take them on a trip around the world. So pretty lucky, but um, amazing. Pretty silly on their behalf. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they 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 took us around a lot, a lot of places and we got to see a lot of cool things. But along that way, we we called into um, I've got family in in Greece and we we went out to the islands and there was some glass art that we saw out there and and some a window display especially that stood out. And um, it was actually my father who initially sort of took it up. And he, he saw the wave and he wanted to put his own spin on it. And he, um, he created the first wave as such. And then, and then later on, when I was old enough to start playing with the glass, I picked up where he left off and, and yeah, the, the ball got rolling. That's pretty incredible that something just goes to show those little small things in life, things that happen. You said when you're a kid, you're not even thinking about becoming an artist to have such a huge impact. See, your family was right to pack up those four kids if they hadn't. Who, <laughs> who knows what would have happened? That's true. But yeah, I was always into making things from a young age. I was always pulling my toys apart and pulling motors out and lights and putting things together. So I definitely had that, you know, wanting to use my hands to do stuff from a young age. But yeah, and then that just has transitioned into into the art world, I guess. You were a boat builder for many years before you became, went to be a sculptor full time. So I guess there again, you're using that tinkering with things, pulling things apart, figuring out how things work, which I guess is probably pretty useful for, for the sculptures. I mean, I just, in terms of having that sort of mind. Oh, definitely. And, and I think um, the skills I've learned in the boat building industry has definitely allowed, been what's allowed me to do what I've done. Um, it's nice, you know, boats don't have any straight lines usually. So working with curves right. and, and just trying to figure different ways of doing things, building jigs, and just not necessarily the idea of the piece, but being able to work out how to create that idea, turn it into reality has been massively influenced by, by the boat building side of things for sure. 
So you were very young then when you started dabbling with glass. Was it 17, 18 years old? What what, what was the first thing that, that you remember building with the glass? Was it a wave? Yeah, yeah. I think we just took took off straight where Dad left off. We, we yeah, It was actually a friend and I who um, initially started doing it together. So we came up with our own design and, um, yeah, we started making these waves. Eventually new ideas developed and then and then at some point, I learned a bit more about you know the art world and 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 making art and and dealing you know how galleries how to deal with galleries and stuff and and could see that you could actually that could become a career so sort of yeah it slowly progressed from a, a little hobby thing younger and then and then yeah to where we are now well and one thing that's really fascinating that's important for people to to realize is that these sculptures are not made with some sort of high-tech laser technology or, or things like that, which nowadays we look at stuff and often assume that people are using a 3D printer or, you know, fancy computers and this and that. Your sculptor sculptures are made by hand. All the glass is cut by hand. So what what was that choice? I'm assuming when you're younger, the ch- that choice was also by necessity. It's not like you could just go out and use all these fancy things but what why that choice and why have you continued um why is it important for you to still stick to that philosophy yeah definitely it was definitely by necessity rather than design um initially i guess the nice thing with my work is is a lot of it's quite organic shapes so the technical side of it is not so important um nothing has to be super super accurate well depending on what we're talking about um some of it has to be really (laughs) accurate but um, like I said, like I always just loved using my hands and I guess I don't have the skills maybe on the computer to um, quite do what would need to be done. So I just used mm-hmm. sort of what was at my disposal and, and got on with it. Now looking forward, I could see myself trying to use a bit more technology, not necessarily in the creation, but maybe a bit more in the design just to to speed up or just make life a little bit easier in some areas where I know that there's probably a better way to do it and it's not necessarily going to inhibit on the final final product. Um, but we'll just, just see see where that goes. Um, I do love the hand handmade aspect and it, and it adds to the story of, of the work, you know. Every piece is handled yeah. multiple times throughout the process and, and yeah. And they do look so digital when when the finished product. So it's nice to have that. Yeah, they definitely do. I mean, they're so polished and sort of smooth when when they're finished. You you almost wouldn't guess. But you know, I actually did want to ask you about that because glass is obviously pretty dangerous. I mean, you must have been cut a million. <laughs> I can't imagine how many times you've cut yourself. Um, what what's been sort of the most has there been a particular sculpture that really gave you issues in terms of being a little bit dangerous to put together? Or, I mean, how, how is it working with this sort of uh, difficult medium? I wouldn't say there's been a particular sculpture that's been harder than any of the rest. Um, I've definitely been cut a million times, but um, <laughs> thank goodness a lot of them are just super fine. And so you just you end mm-hmm. up looking at their hands at the end of the day and they're all just sort of sliced up. And you go and have a shower and everything, you know, swells up and it looks like it's all all been hit with a cheese grater <laughs> or something. But there's been the odd instance where it's more when you're not concentrating and if, if you go to grab something or you, you, you slip or something, you might get a slightly worse cut. But I'd say 
the heavier pieces, the larger the piece, then obviously just trying to handle that weight does become a little bit of an issue if there's a sharp edge or something like that that you've got to be careful of. But touch wood, so far, I've been uh, pretty lucky. <laughs> I mean, has there ever been a sculpture that you've been making and all of a sudden the glass has cracked or there's been breakage issues sort of in the middle? Because again, I imagine that would be... Anytime you're working with a material that's fragile, that's a risk that gets run. That, that's yeah. There's definitely I've definitely had my challenges, um, and even combining when combining the concrete and the glass, even yes. shipping work overseas into different climates where things expand and contract at different rates and and stuff like that. There's definitely been some issues I've had to sort of overcome. But um, yeah, I guess it's all part of it. Um, the glass is super clear and gluing it together there's also issues there with making sure it's clean and and Mm. not anything entrapped in there i've definitely had pieces which you've got to throw away and start again if if something's not quite right so that's all it's all part of it yeah sure i mean i guess when you're doing this sort of work which i think people don't realize you have to take into consideration everything. Well, how am I going to ship this? This is, this is great. I can make, you know, the biggest piece in the world, but I got to have to send this somewhere. And on top of that, you know, it's not just a canvas you can roll up. It's a piece of glass, as you said, which responds to temperature and humidity and expands and, and contracts. And so yeah. there's a, I'm sure there's a pretty big learning curve in terms of understanding how to, how to do all that, which is a whole other thing aside from just creating I wanted to switch a little bit and sort of talk about your creative process. How do you go about finding inspiration for new pieces? Are you taking time to go out in nature and observe? Are you doing sketches? You know, how do you, how do you brainstorm what the next sculpture will be? All of the above. um, Yeah. I'm constantly out in the water and and out in the environment. So I'm always finding inspiration out there. Um, A lot of my work sort of one idea will lead to the next as you're creating a piece you can see something happening with that piece that maybe you could you know add into a new work or develop into something different also just how many amazing artists and designers and stuff that are out there in the world like there's endless inspiration if you go looking for it like I love seeing what everyone else is doing and and maybe you might see someone in 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 the architect field or or product design, creating something that you could borrow bits of ideas. I know this day and age, it's really really tough to sort of come up with something super original. You know, right. some people would almost say it's impossible. But borrowing and taking little ideas and and then but making them your own, you don't want to you don't want to just blatantly copy something or right. Do you do you keep a list of ideas? I know a lot of artists sort of have either a mental list or they actually write down, you know, ideas as they come that they might go back to at some point or you just I've got yeah, I've got I've got sketchbooks. I don't think I've got one here, but sketchbooks full of ideas as soon as, soon as I think of something, I've got to have a book nearby so I, and they end up being on bits of paper and I have to stuff that in my book just to keep track of them all and then, <laughs> And, and keep a catalog and it's nice to be able to flick back through the book and, and, and then and then look look at maybe an idea that that was a couple of years ago that you didn't even sort of develop and then maybe maybe now you've progressed enough that that, that idea is possible or, or you've got a new way of creating it or you've thought of a way that it could work so okay so you have this idea and you have it in your maybe a rough sketch down how does it flow through from there? As you said, you don't use a computer. So how do you take it from that 2D, you know, sketch to a three-dimensional sculpture? Some of the work 
I just kind of let develop itself, if that makes sense. Yeah. But a lot of it, mm-hmm. a lot of it, oh, if there's a certain piece that I've, I've sort of sketched up and I'm like, yep, that's the one, then I'll, I'll draw it up to scale and try and get the proportions right. Um, I tend to just use like a set square and a and a, um, and a drafting board and just draw it up like that. And then once I think I've got the size and the scale right, I'll um, do any working drawings that I need to. So because because I'm working in a lot of 2D shapes stacked on top of each other, I can I can sort of work draw little plans and 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 work work across the plans as I stack the glass mm-hmm. and and sort of follow some shapes and and that helps me a lot just to sort of realize the the initial design and get it as close to what I sort of had envisioned in my head great makes sense (laughs) yeah (laughs) no it does make sense it does make sense so you had already been sculpting in glass for a little while and then you decided to mix in another element which is concrete and you sort of mentioned that this was something that was a little bit maybe challenging at the beginning. So I'm wondering why concrete? I mean, I love the con- the contrast between the concrete and the glass. You know, you sort of have the light and airy glass and then the concrete, which really grounds it. But I'm curious as to why you decided particularly on concrete and, yeah, what were the challenges? Because when you are deciding, okay, I'm just going to mix these two things, it, just, it doesn't happen <laughs> overnight, you know, uh, especially when they're so different. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't recall the exact inspiration for adding the concrete like, I want to say that it was maybe influenced by some architecture or something like that that I saw just seeing you know a lot of buildings use those two elements and and in some real creative ways and I just loved how they work together the initial idea for the concrete was just to be possibly a stand to sort of hold the glass up rather than being a part of the artwork itself mm-hmm and like yeah just the 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 challenges of combining the two has just been trial and error really just seeing seeing what works and and seeing what doesn't and then working out ways to make it work as as that's progressed the sort of the concrete's become more and more part of the piece and it's yeah it's just opened up sort of a whole nother direction of, of where you can take the work yeah it's great it, it definitely there are certainly pieces where it, it really interacts whether it's you know shaping an island that emerges from the glass uh, or some sort of other other feature it's definitely opened up the subjects and and what you can do i mean it's actually been quite fascinating to see how things have evolved in your sculpture over time and you've been doing this for more than 15 years now and so even just since my modern met's been covering you which i think is since around 2013 might have been the first uh articles we wrote it's been really interesting to see how you've mix things up by doing things like inserting bronze sculptures into the glass creating multi-component sculptures that sort of create a thing together, um, working, fitting the glass into sort of these round barrels uh, and structures. So it, there's really been an evolution. I'm curious to see how do you feel that your work has evolved since when you were first making it? Yeah, um, that's an interesting question. Um, obviously, I'm always, the more you do, you're always just trying to push the boundaries and um, see how far you can go with with whatever medium that you're working with and um i guess um and also even just adding the stainless steel elements is is has been a big part of of the transition a lot of my early work i designed around having flat bases so it was sort of could stand on its own um 
and then being able to add the stainless steel elements to things is like the forms have changed a little more. Everything can come down to points or or a bit more, um, yeah, slightly more unbalanced shapes, if you will. Um, just having that stand option and then and then transitioning into the circles and being able to hang mm. hang work was um was amazing because just having the work it is quite heavy and and concrete and glass is quite dense so being able to make them look light yes. and and suspended has been um definitely a huge motivating factor of where the work's sort of gone um it's funny, I, I do still look back at some of the early pieces and I, I like the simplicity of them, just just the block form and, and stuff. And you can still sort of see that in some of my work. But, but yeah, I keep trying to, to move forward and, and come up with new and interesting ideas. No, I mean, you've definitely done that. I think of speaking specifically of the pieces in the round, which are really beautiful. Uh, there's a great image I've seen of one sculpture hanging and then with it in the dark with just sort of a light on it and it almost seems like you everything sort of disappears and it's really beautiful because you have this darkness and then all of a sudden you have the sculpture we'll put that picture on the on the podcast instagram so people can see what we're talking about um yeah but it just goes to show how critical lighting is i think lighting in general especially with sculpture with all artwork but especially with sculpture can be really important and i I know to you and, and with your work, you really do think about lighting. Can you talk about how important light is to your work? Yeah, I think anyone anyone that's played with glass will know, and, and probably even more so, how much light can change and interact with a piece, especially, you know, when it, when it does absorb the light and do different things. So it's a really, really fun aspect about, working with glass is, is having all those different options and, and being able to play with the light. Um, and it can just change the mood so much of a piece, like from day with natural light coming in and then at nighttime and having, having light involved in the piece. It can be two completely different looking sculptures, so it's quite nice to be able to um, have that aspect in the work. Um, yeah, does that answer the question? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose it definitely answers the question. And I suppose it it's interesting because just like water and the ocean is so different with how it reflects light and the mood that you get from water during the day versus night versus just the different lights and shadows, glass does a similar thing. And so it's sort of nice, just reinforces, I think, the the synergy with with your subject that you get a little bit of that in the sculpture because things can refract in different ways. Uh, as you said, day into night can be different. I- I'm wondering when you're going to present your work, you know, at an exhibition or a gallery, is that something that you're really thinking about as well? The, how the lighting will present it or just, you know, making certain sculptures that, you know, okay, this needs to be lit a certain way to really get the atmosphere that I'm going for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm quite lucky for most of the work. It's relatively simple to light. Usually, like a good a good spotlight from above is the best you can get. Just if you can get the light to enter directly down on top of the glass, then you get that really water looking refraction mm. on the concrete surface or on the sea floor of the piece. Um, and 
I feel yeah, that's that's pretty much as good as you you can get it to look for. Like that's the that's the perfect situation. So it's quite nice and easy from that point. I do design some of the pieces to have different um, water textures just to play with that you know that different refraction and trying to get that real realistic bending of the light and and get that pattern on the seafloor that that you see out in the ocean. Yeah. So that's quite fun to play with too and. The next idea is to try and make a light source that's actually moving so to create some movement within the piece because it doesn't take much even just holding a light up above the work and you could really get get that water seeming like it was um, moving. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a goal. Beautiful. That's amazing. So I wanted to turn back. We mentioned at the beginning that you had done boat building and we just sort of skipped to, okay, now you're, you're a full-time artist. But, <laughs> you know, we all know it doesn't just work <laughs> like that. So I know that at, at one point you actually took leave from your job as a boat builder and said, okay, I'm going to make the leave. I'm going to take leave. I'm going to spend these months. I'm going to create a big body of work and I'm going to try and do a solo show and get things up and running. That's a pretty bold move uh, to do. You know, what, what led up to the decision when you were like, okay, I really need to go for it now? Um, I think it was, a, it was just the right time. Um, we were living in Sydney and I was like surrounded by a lot of creative friends and, and they were all doing super interesting and inspiring things. And, and not that I didn't enjoy the boat building side of things, but, but I, I, I sort of had had an inkling of, of giving, it a, giving it a proper go, the art thing. And my boss at the time, she was, she was super supportive and she actually let me take the time off and sort of pursue it a bit more. It was um, a massive learning curve at the time because not having any sort of, not that I even know, I don't know if you do learn how to approach galleries, you know, when you study art, but I had no idea what the steps were, what how to go about it. So it was all a bit of trial and error. I thought, right, I need to get a good body of work or at least a few pieces together so I can actually approach a gallery and, and get the ball rolling. And, and that time allowed me to do that. And I was lucky enough to get into a gallery over in Australia mm-hmm. and, and that set, set the wheels in motion. That's great. I mean, you mentioned, I, I don't think that a lot of people, when they do get art education necessarily, that's taught, you know, this is the, the business aspect of, oh, this is how you approach a gallery. I mean, it's great that you you took the steps to to do that. I mean, what was that feeling like just to know you sort of, you really made a gamble on yourself and then it actually paid off, which must have been incredibly satisfying. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely satisfying. I guess uh, from my end, there was there was a bit of a gamble, but I I kind of knew I had the job there if I needed it. So it wasn't like a I'm leaving and I'm never coming back. Right. Um, I was also super lucky that my I guess girlfriend, who is now my mm-hmm. wife at the time, was she was super supportive too. So she she was sort of going to work each day and and and. She had a bit more of a steady income, so that could pay the bills while I was trying to get my thing up and running. Yeah, it, it, it just seemed it was it was a real interesting one. It just seemed like everything fell into place when it needed mm. to, and I'm not sure why or how. Or <laughs> I kind of just blindly navigated my way through everything I needed to, and learned about social media when I kind of had to and 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 things happened and and steps in my career sort of yeah every every time I needed to make that little jump for somehow it just happened it was it was quite natural and and 
I think back now and I'm I'm like, man, there were so many situations where this could have been a lot different, but but somehow mm. it did work out. <laughs> so I mean what that's a good point. What would be your advice for for yourself back then, you know, or a, a young artist starting out who sort of wants to do that and is in the same situation, you know, has no idea how to approach galleries, isn't really sure about the art world. What what do you think what have you, what have you learned now that you wish you knew back then? I would probably just don't be don't be afraid to to reach out to people and 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 get advice and and talk to people and from curators to gallery owners so like most most of those people are, are more than happy to to share information and and give you some advice mm. not necessarily just asking for representation or or something like that like it's it's really nice to have to have someone to sort of bounce ideas off that maybe right. you're not in business with or there's no right sort have of, a sort of like a mentor of yeah, some sort yeah a mentor or or and and multiple people because everyone's got their own different different spin on 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 the way things should be done and and how it is done but yeah i would just encourage anyone just to seek advice from people that have either been there or are in in the industry yeah just as we wrap up sort of question outside of the realm of art but circling back to the ocean which is such an important part of your life and your artwork you know it's clear that you have a love and, and respect for the ocean i'm wondering what are your feelings about the state of the ocean currently i mean environmentally there's a lot of stuff going on and how do you think that you know what do you think needs to be done to make it better yeah yeah it's not good um um what needs to be done it's a good question a lot more i think everyone needs to play their part and I, the positive thing is there's a lot of people that are doing some things about it which you know don't want to get too negative on the whole situation doom and gloom but i think just raising awareness of not just the ocean but the whole climate issue is uh, really important yeah. um and i think to stay in age you know with the platforms that people have i think like putting it to big corporations to do their bit too everyone needs to stand up and and it's not all about the you know the bottom line because yeah. what's that going to mean if we lose everything that we've got anyway um just see the big picture and and hopefully hopefully we just keep going on that right track and and it only gets better yeah well said well where are some of the places that people can find your work if they're interested that's a good question <laughs> um right now i've got i've just had a solo show in singapore and so Great. there's some work still in Singapore at a gallery there. Um, and I also have a piece here in New Zealand at um, New Zealand Glassworks. So it's nice to support um, sort of the mm -hmm. local local community. And I've also got a gallery in Auckland who I do a lot with. I'm trying to spread it around because I'm constantly getting messages from people like, send, send some work or have an exhibition here so we can see see the work in person. Um, right. Really trying to get some work over to Europe, just so that there's yeah. places over there that that people can can view it. We'll stay tuned to your <laughs> to your website to see when when stuff comes up. Yeah. Well, Ben, thank you so much for spending some time with us and giving us insight into your work. It's incredible. If people want to see more of it, they can go to Ben's website, which is brokenliquid.com and they can find him on social media, on Instagram at Young underscore sculpture and on Facebook at Young sculpture. And we'll have a whole bunch of pictures up on the 
Top Artist Podcast Instagram so you can see more of Ben's incredible work. So thank you very much, Ben. No, thank you for having me. It's uh, been great having a chat. I hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the My Modern Met Top Artist Podcast. Thanks to Ben Young for sharing his artistic journey with us. You will find all the links to his work in the description and see some of his incredible sculptures on Instagram at Top Artist Podcast. And in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe so you'll be notified as soon as it's released. And please help us spread the word about the podcast by leaving us a rating and review. It's greatly appreciated. Lastly, we'd love to hear from you. Do you have a favorite artist you want featured on the show? Shoot us a message at podcast at mymodernmet.com. We'll see you next time. And don't forget, if you want your daily fix of art and culture, check out mymodernmet.com.